Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. In an uncertain world, there is always music that can be listened to in good company. Welcome to Friday 15, the show where we speak to friends and interesting people to the backdrop of great tunes and allocate 15 minutes to both. Today we speak to podcaster Glenn Gibbs of the Lesser Bonaparte about podcasting rants and interesting music. Today's intro track is Eastern Sun and John Kelly, Rapture at Sea. The producers create a monumental slab of light and darkness with a bass bin rattler. Rattler at Sea is somewhat of a down-tempo classic. Glenn Gibbs is one half of the podcasting duo The Lesser Bonapartes, whose history show is somewhat of a rather fun and entertaining listen. But this week, Glenn, things took somewhat of a left turn. You lit a fire underneath the history podcast world. What exactly happened? Uh, I, I feel... <laughs> I keep, you're going to go... 
we've had some conversations about this, and I laugh every time because I really, I always, I always operate under the uh, assumption that no one is listening. When the show started, no one was listening, literally. Like that first episode we uploaded, I think, got two downloads total. And then it sort of exploded over the time, but in that time, I guess the profile of the show has risen. Your, your sphere grows wider. Uh, you, you get people kind of hanging around. And you start to learn about what these people's goals are. And I have become very disappointed with podcasting as a medium. Because to me, the medium was the message. I think people that do podcast have feel a certain contempt toward podcasting and toward their audience because I think it's being treated as a consolation prize. Like, well, I couldn't make it in my in my dream job, especially in comedy podcasting. These are all just a bunch of failed stand-up comedians. Yeah, so now I'm going to do this. And uh, then I, will Glenn, mark- I think that's a little bit harsh, right? But uh, but I <laughs> Because surely if the medium is the message, the message is then marketing. And if you are a comedian, I would completely understand if you're a it's a great way of testing your material, building a reputation, which is not going to you know, cost you an arm and a leg, so to speak. Um, so you can kind of get yourself out there. So surely that analogy could work then if you see yourself as some budding intellectual, as many of us history podcasters want to be. Uh, yeah, I, I guess so, but the, the, what I see is that what I'm starting to see in a lot of the podcasts that I've admired is that they will stew their work up into a point to which they allow themselves to be purchased. Like, the, the, the goal always seems to become a TV show mm-hmm. or to get a some kind of sitcom career. or And then you leave it behind. It's treated like the minor leagues of baseball or something like that, where it's an audition. I thought that the, the point of as a, a capitalist endeavor is to be your own boss. But what I see are people that their goal is to just be good employees to the traditional media outlets. And that's what podcasting is becoming. It's becoming just another arm of traditional media outlets. There's a lot of corporate money behind podcasting now. Well, there wasn't, say, 10 years ago. It was still kind of a wild west. Even YouTube, the independents get crowded out. And for the people, for the independents is the point, which is just for me. But is um, is it because, though, that people are... Um, that people want to be absorbed or that people just want to make um, a financial, a stable financial future from doing this thing that that they love. None of us has a stable financial future, so I don't think that should be the goal (laughs) of it. I mean, the idea that you're just going to, you know, work for 30 years and then get a cake and a pension, it's over, that we don't live in that world anymore. But people still believe that we do. And they take that thinking to them in every artistic medium. Everything has been co-opted, and podcasting is just the, the latest one. I see it in everything. When I was in my early 20s, I had the idea that I was going to be an independent filmmaker. I was making independent films. Mm-hmm. And then I, I started hanging around Los Angeles and all the other independent filmmakers there. I thought, wow, I'm going to really meet the people that will really make an independent film. You know? And then when I got there, I found that all they actually wanted were Hollywood careers. They all wanted to be, you know, the director of the next Harry Potter movie, ultimately, or something like that. And that, I felt, was a real bummer. Imagine a filmmaker, say, in the 1920s, right? If you're making films, film is the new medium, and saying, yeah, these films are great, but what I really want to do is break into the world of London Music Hall. You know, uh, you know... (laughs) 
Why Len, would you want to? Is yeah. that a fair analogy? Because that different, and I suppose in the 1920s, so Hollywood what started in the 19s something or another, didn't it? When the film industry sure. kind of moved from New York to to Los Angeles, right? And it fundamentally moved there because of the weather, because you know all round uh, sunshine, cameras weren't that good, and the fact that you could be outside and guarantee the weather was always going to shine, etc. All right, but there was no Hollywood then. There was no infrastructure for international distribution, etc., etc. The the inner socialist in me, and far bit from me to out myself as a, as a democratic socialist to to an American, right? But but my inner socialist says to me brother I'm with you to rail against the money men and the people in suits but to the, the fact of the matter is is that though yes I take your point that nobody in the western world is going to have the uh, kind of cradle to grave type um, employment history that our let's say our grandparents had you know straight after the second world war that kind of golden generation where they could work for one maybe two companies for 40 years and then get a great pension and retire but still there's financial imperatives right here and now i.e how do i pay my rent etc etc so surely the best of both worlds is you turn around to those uh, gray suited money men and you say look mister I'll take your dirty, filthy lucre, but don't tell me what to do. I know my audience. You know, I've got this niche out there. Uh, and then that's all good, brother. Do you, do you really think that you don't get told what to do? Though? Once they once they have you, though, they're going to start making suggestions. Even in, in our little piddly world of history podcast, people will start to assume that they have some sort of secret formula now. Because I, I should know. I'm the guy with the money. I have the money, so I should know. So maybe you should do this on your show next time. And it's kind of slowly turning up the boiling water on the frog, right? And then maybe you should do that. And then it becomes, well, maybe you should change your hair a little bit. And then maybe you should, you know, and then it's completely manufactured now. We're just one direction now. We're just grown in a laboratory because they know the formula. And you see that. You see podcasting trends now because entrepreneurship is dying in podcasting. It's being taken over by people with flow charts and people that are you know, putting these out in, you know, a kind of group sync environment. Because what do you have? What, 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 a year ago, you had the whole lore thing. Everything was, oh, you had to have a spooky show about spooky tales. And now, you know, that, that kind of, they, they ran that into the ground and now it's all about true crime. Everybody's got a true crime talking about the Starkweather murders still, you know, for the hundredth time. And then that's the new thing this year. So now well, it's going to be trend now. All right, but but isn't that life? Isn't that any kind of creative art form? You know, the first person that started painting um, not uh, directly what they saw in front of them. I don't know, somebody like Goya back in the late 18th century. You know, then after him, you'd have somebody like Constable. Then all of a sudden, you had photography coming in. People says, hey, hell's bells, you know, we need to react against that. And you have these kind of great creative art movements. Isn't just what you're describing kind of part of that. Though, what I will say my podcasting brother is that I will completely and utterly agree with you that there is a lack of originality in formats and also in terms of editorialising, specifically history podcasts, that I think one of the reasons why you've been very successful is that you have a very individual voice and you don't just 
necessarily regurgitate what you've read in books you have your own unique spin on it and that is partly one of the reasons for your success but yeah let's go back to my main point after me massaging your ego is that surely <laughs> a trend in podcasting isn't necessarily groupthink it's how every creative medium goes you know you have one superhero film that makes a whole load of money then all of a sudden superhero films are de rigueur uh, you have one bit of cinema noir in the 1930s and then you have, you know, 15 years of kind of noir gangster movies, etc, etc. That's just the way this creative stuff goes, surely. Yeah, but I don't want I don't, I'm opting out, I guess, is my point. Because what I like about what I do and why I like podcasting, I don't see it as a consolation prize. I see it as a frontier where I really want to be. Don't want anybody to tell me no. And nobody can tell me no. I can, I can upload the thing you're talking about, my polemic, as you very charitably described it. And nobody <laughs> told me. I was sitting there with a bowl of Raisin Bran, and I thought, I'm going to do this now. And I didn't have to clear it with anybody. I didn't have to ask the sponsors. I didn't have to ask my bosses. Mm-hmm. I could walk over to my computer and do it. Uh, and that, to me, I would rather have the freedom over the fame and the uh, money or the TV show or anything like that. Okay, Glenn Gibbs, you know what we're going to do now? right? We, we need to actually talk um, a little bit about specifically your work as opposed to how you see the industry right now. But to neatly bridge that... Um, I always ask the guests on this show to nominate a piece of music. Uh, so what's the piece of music I'm going to play now? I have uh, elected to choose Snow's Indomitable 1992 hit Informer. Now, why are you picking this? Because I think this might be somewhat tongue-in-cheek coming from you. It's not, okay. I, I, I suspected that might be the thing, but <laughs> and I, am, I am an encyclopedia of popular music from the 20th century until today. And I could sit around and him and haw and impress you with how cool and obscure my rock and roll picks are. But I would rather do something that's more personally meaningful to my podcast. Mm-hmm. And it's snow. It's become sort of the unofficial theme song to the show. And now it's kind of a rallying cry. What's up, man? Hey, yo, what's, yo, up? what's going on? Bring me up or shoot you my window So they put me in the back of the car at the station From that point I'ma reach my destination Where the destination reaching out of east detention Where the loot on my pants, look up my bottom So informer, you know, say that I'm a slow me, I go glam I like it, boom, boom, damn Take them on the city, say that I'm a slow me, stop somewhere down the lane I like it, boom, boom, damn Informer, you know, say that I'm a slow me, I go glam I like it, boom, boom, damn Take them on the city, say that I'm a slow me, stop somewhere down the lane Then I'm a slow mistake, somewhere down the lane I'll keep on going there 
On my very first podcast, How Do You Make a Conquer the World, we did an episode about Toronto. And there's a whole section about snow because he's a Torontonian. And that song blew up Torontonian reggae. And Toronto is one of the biggest kind of expat Jamaican cities in the world. Um, it's kind of London, New York, Toronto. And um, that song was kind of somewhat kind of controversial in that it blew up Torontonian reggae, but of course, no, is a white guy. You're, you're a geek about these things. Tell me something I didn't know about that record. The, interesting, the most interesting thing about that record to me is that it became a pop hit where you couldn't even understand the words. He's singing in such a, 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 a patois because this is the music he was hearing in Toronto and yeah. that he believed it and that he actually had the courage of his convictions to know that he was going to look stupid putting that album, that, that record out, especially in America where that kind of music is not popular at all. I, don't, I can't speak for Jamaica, Toronto, or even London. You can't even get a pop song out in America if it's not in English. You did to where you can't even hear the words. The MTV music video actually ended up putting a crawl of the lyrics across it. Like you could sing along because no other video had that. You, where you, they actually put the lyrics out, like follow the bouncing ball along to the song. <laughs> but I suppose, and, um, I suppose all you really need in that song is in Farmer, a buddy boom boom be yeah, yeah. and then they, you're all good. <laughs> That's it, you're all good. A song that says a lucky boom boom down, like what, the, what does that even mean? <laughs> but 
this guy had the courage to look stupid and know that as a white guy, he was going to get a lot of pushback from probably the black community. But, but, you, that oh, way like, but, but you know what, though? It's huh? interesting. Interesting you should actually say that, right? Jamaicans always, Jamaicans in Jamaica always see it as a mark of utter respect when somebody from another country apes Jamaican music. Jamaicans don't have a problem with it at all. And I think specifically with that song, Torontonians didn't because he actually had a history of doing this stuff. We're not talking like Vanilla Rice, though he was packaged as being in effect, because he was like about two years after Vanilla Rice and Ice Ice Baby, um, he was kind of almost packaged as the reggae Vanilla Rice, whereas this man had true bony Fridays, and as you said, grew up in a Jamaican neighbourhood in Toronto, and this was his world, you know, he wasn't aping this at all, so it, it was an interesting thing when I actually did, did the show on it, that actually the phenomena of snow, and he, he's a bit of a one-hit wonder, but actually, no, he was actually truly an authentic artist, but Talking about authentic, uh, you and your authentic voice. We've talked about history podcasting. We've talked a little bit about music and you being a music geek. You're obviously a history geek. Tell us exactly what the Lesser Bonaparte's at least set out to be at the start. A history podcast that wasn't for nerds. What I didn't like about history podcasting is very bourgeois. You know, it's very like, uh, you know, let's, let's, let's sit in my, my leather chair and, you know, pour a snifter of port. And let me tell you a tale of this, you know, I, there's no street-level history. It's always the lives of Julius Caesar and, and Napoleon and Alexander the Great. And let me let me give you all, all this gravitas, you know. But these guys were just the one percenters of their day. They were the billionaires. They were the oppressive plutocrats. Mm-hmm. I, never, I want to get inside the head of phalangite number 13 in Alexander's army. What was he thinking? I don't care what Alexander was thinking. I know he was just thinking about conquest. The guys with the boots on the ground, they were going to work every day. What were they thinking? That's who, that's who I am. What were they? What would they have thought about Alexander? They probably thought he was the tosser, right? Or he's a wanker. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, but he's the boss. And that's the interesting part of history to me. I hate towing the party line because... There is no history. History is all propaganda. It's all what somebody wants you to think happened. But what do I think happened based on what I know and what I know about people today and what I know that people have always been people? And let me try to get inside that mentality. So the show I've always said is not a history podcast. It's a show about a history podcast. It's a documentary on the creation of itself. And I don't want to. I don't want to place myself above you. Like I know something you don't know, and let me teach you, child, about the midnight ride of Paul Revere or whatever. I want to say, hey, look at this crazy thing that I read. Let's try to unpack that. And you said you said that with utter clarity and and kind of conviction. And I get it. We're not we're not the Mike Duncan's and the Dan Carlins. We're just these little upstart idiots down here. And but we're going to be jumped up. We're going to be upstarts. We're going to be the lesser Bonaparte, but we're also, I don't know, that was kind of a joke. Of that, you know, you know they, nobody cares who we are. Glenn, Glenn Gibbs, surely the joke is a little bit on you now because you guys are one of the most talked about, celebrated history podcasts. And people <laughs> actually do care intensely about what you guys think, whether it's about history or whether it's about the history podcasting genre. And on that note, I have to say to you, 
tell people where and how they can pick up your podcast and where they can find you on social media? iTunes is probably the best way. Find us on all the ways Stitcher. You can uh, follow us on Twitter at Lesser Podcast. And we're on Facebook too. Uh, site at www.thelesserbonaparts.com. Fantastic. Uh, Glenn Gibbs, no doubt our paths will cross again and I can see me interviewing you again as a somewhat of a semi-permanent regular guest. Uh, somewhat um, entertaining erudite and I like the, the middle finger that you stick up to, whether it's history, history podcasting or to the big man kind of theory of um, how the world is actually run. Uh, Glenn Gibbs, thank you for being on Friday 15. Uh, thank you very much, Roy. It was a lot of fun. Song 2 is a song by indie middle class Bunch of Ruffians Blur from their 1997 eponymous album. Blur intended Song 2 to be a parody of grunge. The song is nonetheless their biggest hit in the United States and a good rock and roll number. Hailing from New York, Dead Prez are known for their stance on socialism, militant social justice and pan-Africanism. Today we end the show with their biggest number to date, hip-hop. Just do what you got to do if that don't work.
work, then kick the fact if you were fighter, rider, fighter, flame igniter, crowd exciter, or you wanna just get high and just say it. But then if you a lie, lie, pants on fire, wolf cry, agent with a Y, I'm gon' know it when I play it. It's bigger than Follow me on social media, specifically Twitter, where quite simply I am at Royfield. On Facebook, you can follow the show's progress by simply typing in Friday 15 and liking our page. See you all again in seven days' time for more chat and a little bit more music. The last thing before I go, please go on to iTunes and please write us a five-star review so we can launch Friday 15 with a little bit of a bang. See you next week, next Friday for 50 minutes of chat and 50 minutes of music. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 